We're killing it. Okay, yeah, this is this is great. Hello and welcome to another episode of No Highway Option, the one cinema podcast that answers the question that relates to every film. Is it better or worse than Vin Diesel's 2005 masterpiece, The Pacifier? I'm one of your hosts, Connor, and if I were a costume piece, I would be just a slutty dentist outfit. Ah, I'm your other host, Luke, and I'm a pearl diaper. <laughs> and we have our guest with us. I'm Allie, and I'd be the hands on the butt and on the tit. Sorry, I don't know if this is family friendly. <laughs> it's, it's not. not. You're good. <laughs> but I'd specifically be any of the hands. <laughs> um, and today we're talking about a movie given to us by our previous guest, Jade. Uh, it's Burlesque. The when did this come out? 2010, 2013. I'm not sure. The 2010 looks... film directed by Stephen Anton, and it stars Cher and Christina Aguilera. I was going to guess eight, so I was close. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is definitely a thing that happened. This, uh, this is the first movie that we've watched so far that I've checked the time I had left more than once. <laughs> you didn't do that I for did anything well. else? No, uh... No, I mean, there have been times throughout the rest of them where it was like, oh man, we still got an hour left, and I looked at that point. This one, a lot of times I did it. <laughs> I had fun. I kind of liked it. <laughs> I like pretty long. Christina Aguilera's yeah. voice. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second movie that we've covered where Christina Aguilera shows up in it, except this time she's not a jellyfish in Shark Tale. But it's weird that she's the first repeat, like, of actors. It is. Uh... Great. Do we want to get into going through <laughs> Doing it? Doing what I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can rip right into it. Alright, well, the opening of this goes really fast, because it, like, throws you in with, like, really bad fake sky in the establishing shot. The whole shot. fucking town! <laughs> the fakest fakeville Midwest town! <laughs> It's true. Um, we see Christina Aguilera is working at Dwight's bar, and Dwight sucks because he owes her a lot of money. So she just takes it. Dwight was the first... He's the first character that we just kind of hear they suck. He walks in and sucks yeah. a little. Uh, he's a lot closer than the fiancé, I'll say that. He's more deserving of the hate. It's true. The fiance. Oh boy, we'll get to the fiance because that was a big surprise. I don't know. He just seemed like he was in a hurry. That's okay. I mean, like he's a business owner. He yeah, but that that's a good point. He just seemed like he seemed like he was in a mood or something. I don't know. The what money it was. thing. I guess I can't back you up on the money thing. You know that's <laughs> shitty. Oh yeah, that's very oh, yeah. shitty. But we didn't yeah. see any of his books or nothing. We just, I, I don't know, man. She's, I don't know if I'm pulling for Christina most of the time in this film, if we're being honest. Well, we'll get to it later, but <laughs> I think she's think. playing the wrong role in this. Do you think I she agree. should be Cher? No, I think she and Kristen <laughs> Bell should switch. That's fair. Um, It would be more type for sure. Mm-hmm. But we'll get, we'll get to Nikki. <laughs> so Christina Aguilera is sad and excited to move on so she sings good feeling I choked I laughed so hard I choked it was such a harsh unprompted transition to oh we're singing now yeah it it's like it doesn't want to be a musical but it is but it doesn't know how to act like one I gotta say, they fit in a lot of scenes in this movie that probably don't need to be there. Mm -hmm. But, and look, I don't, again, I don't know much about movies, but the structure of, like, singing a song and fitting all these montages, like, in the song with shots of her just, like, wailing, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it works, kind of, but, like, too many scenes. There are tons <laughs> of montages in this. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what pads up the runtime. Because if you go through, like, story stuff, it goes by really fast. But then it's just montage after montage. Like this one, where she moves to Hollywood. 
And at the beginning of this, I could not tell when this was set. For some reason, like, they were like, oh, Dwight's Bar. I'm like, okay, this is set in the 70s. Like, this is just a dirty 70s bar. And then she gets to Hollywood, and there's a huge Project Runway billboard. I'm like, oh, this is now. Modern day. The whole thing of it being a burlesque show also dates it, I feel like. But I don't know. Maybe there's... Is there a call for this? Those shows are still going on. I saw one when, uh, like, two years ago when I was working at a German beer festival. They were just like, hey, here's burlesque entertainment. And I was there with my dad, and I was like, I don't want to watch this with my dad. This is not (laughs) good. Is it like, but like, just a burlesque club? Are those around that are making enough money to exist? Well, this one wasn't. Yeah, that was the most realistic part of the show. Yeah. The movie, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. After she moves to Hollywood, there's another montage where she can't get a job. It's just so hard for her to get a job. And then uh, from across the street of the burlesque club, we see a luxury condos coming soon sign and a tilt up to show the whole thing. I wonder if that's a plot point. (laughs) I wonder if architecture law is going to be important. (laughs) The architecture law came out of nowhere. I laughed so hard. (laughs) We are introduced to our first character in the burlesque club, um, Alan Cumming, for some reason. Yeah! Because... He's... What is he doing? Because the casting director was like, oh man, he's in cabaret. Like, this will give us some legitimacy. He should just do his cabaret thing, which is nothing really this time. Yeah! When his name popped up and he showed up in the front of the club and he was like oh honey i was like okay well he's gonna be here being the mc the whole time and he fucking wasn't every time he popped up i had forgotten that he existed Hmm. he did have one number though he did oh we'll get to that (laughs) (laughs) that was my favorite part probably title of the episode Yeah, when he comes up and he goes, Oh, honey, I should watch your mouth out with Jägermeister. Okay. I want to know more about him, but I can't. Yeah, apparently. you never will. And, like, this is a oh. two-hour movie. Okay, one point. Maybe this is later. But he was like, the only pole you're going to see is, I think, a waitress. This what he's talking about. And there was a pole later. Like, he lied. Yeah, you are right. <laughs> yeah, he was, like, trying to explain that it wasn't a strip club. Yeah, and then there absolutely was a pole, and she yeah. used it, and that's fine. I'm just saying, it was there. And it takes a minute to install. Just Alan Cumming is a liar. Burlesque as a thing, I don't know, man. Like, vaudeville times, there, man. It's huge. It's all over. But, like, modern vaudeville, I feel like, I don't know. Not modern vaudeville. Modern burlesque, I just feel like it comes down to, like... It's like a, a, a stripping dance, but for people who don't want to strip, which is a weird intersection of two hobbies. I guess. I think it's... Only fans. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> That's going to be the remake of this in 10 years. Um, we're introduced to Cher. Um, did we get her name? I forget. Tess. Uh, Tess. Tess. She sings a song called Welcome to Burlesque. She kind of just sings it for herself. I had chills when I heard her voice. It was, <laughs> I was good. Like, I, Christina Aguilera, of course, has an amazing voice, but Cher. <laughs> oh. And so, I, I just had to point that out. The way Christina Aguilera was just staring during this entire song, in the back of my head, I was like, I know they're not going to do it, but like, if she's gay, this is going to be a great movie. But she wasn't. But she was, like, so mesmerized. And I understand it is because it's Cher. But I was like, but what is Cher looks hot. <laughs> There's a pretty sizable age gap, though. I don't know. Uh-huh. I think there would have been... If they she was, like, into Cher, that would have been problematic. But they're two consenting adults. Yeah, but Cher is her boss. And much older than her. It's not like the, it's not like it's running with scissors or whatever, where it was like fourteen and thirty six. Like that's it's also bad. not. It's also not like that's the only problematic thing in this movie. True, there are more problems that didn't age well. <laughs> no. 
Um, we find out that Christina Aguilera is from Iowa, so Jack the bartender calls her Iowa a few times, which, um, that just made me laugh because I just finished watching Smash, and in season one, they call Catherine McPhee Iowa so much, and they, these two both came out around the same time. I did have a lot of, like, Smash-flavored hope for this when we started. Mm Mm-hmm. Even with, like, the way the title looks, like, with the old-timey marquee letters, like, I think that's just what they were trying. They were trying to do a thing. Uh, This is also when we meet Jack, the surprisingly not-gay bartender, and he's here to help Christina Aguilera get a job. Why are the bartenders dressed that way? They look like like little British businessmen, but, like, turned (laughs) into strippers. Because it's burlesque. That's every time, I swear to God, every time there was like a question, it was like, this makes no sense. They, that's what they said. They were like, it's the burlesque. And then there was another song where they shoved burlesque in the middle of it. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's just how it goes. Burlesque shows are weird. The one that I saw, someone was dressed up pretty much as the same costume as Pinocchio from Shrek the Musical. Complete with like the growing nose thing. And my dad was just... My dad was just like, what's going on with this? And I was like, that's Shrek, father. That is Shrek right there. Ha, oh, man. I'd like to watch that. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I'd like to stand a few seats back and watch you and your dad watching a burlesque show. Well, Kevin and Chris were also there, and we were just handing out beer samples all day. <laughs> it was a weird Wait, day. that's a genius idea for something. Like, just the spotlight on you guys pretending you're in a, an audience but it's just the two of you and you're watching <laughs> run with that that's run an interesting that. concept i'm gonna have to delete that from the episode in case it makes money oh <laughs> so no one can steal it um we also meet sean who's played by stanley tucci who um oh. <laughs> i don't think he was given a script i think they just went stanley say something catty and he was like i can do this in my sleep when did the devil wears prada come out uh, six years before this. Ah, uh, yeah, he's the, playing the same character for the most part. And it, I love it. Yeah, it's I, fantastic. Let me preface it with <laughs> I'm all about it, but... I don't think anyone can do that character but him. So what's gonna <laughs> happen when he dies? That um, character shouldn't exist. There will be an international <laughs> day of mourning, at least, to be... Oh, absolutely. Oh, God. I don't want to think He's not it. that he's old, guys! Yeah, I know, but we, everybody dies at some point. And that character is timeless. It's true. They're going to keep making that character. Oh, Hopefully absolutely. with, like, actually gay men. I'm sorry. Side note. I don't know if Stanley, too, I don't know his sexual orientation. I think he has a wife. I thought so, too. Mm. He could be bisexual. However, there's a whole lot of appropriation of uh, gay men mm-hmm. in there. So, I take back what I said about how no one can replace him. So, go on. There is a very specific vibe of a Stanley Tucci sass character that, like, only Stanley Tucci can do. He made the Percy Jackson sequel, like, watchable. I didn't see that one. Uh, so, Tess's ex-husband, Vince, is the money guy for the club. And what have I seen him in, Connor? Why was he familiar? Dude, I don't know. He kind of just ran in and went like, this guy wants to buy. Just please take the money. Like, that was his <laughs> entire character. He's another he character very, like... that's always in a rush. Yeah. Well, he had that, like, that disgruntled Billy Zane end of Titanic look. Just looking at his face and trying to remember his face, he was probably the lead on, like, a CBS cop show or something. Thought he was there was a movie that I don't I can't I'm not thinking of. He looks super familiar. I'm not sure. And we also meet uh, Kristen Bell with a weird brunette wig as Nikki. Uh, she's an alcoholic diva, and according to Christine Aguilera's character, is named Allie. But um, I think for the sake of our guest, we should call her Christina. <laughs> um, There's only one Allie here. There can be only one. It's not her. Um, she opens to Nikki with a joke about her passing for a woman, which, like, that doesn't work nowadays. Problematic number two. 
Yeah. Yeah, my note was, this is a bad joke. Connor will handle it. I don't know why you pushed bad joke onto me, but sure. (laughs) And while she's there, Allie basically just takes it upon herself to be a waitress. Because somebody's not helping out, or it's busy, or I don't know why she needs to waitress, but she just does. She just loves it. She wants she wants to burlesque, and so she just decides that she works there. It's all that gumption. Yep. Every act also, well, not every single one, because like some of them are are go a very different sort of sexual way. But like lots of these burlesque acts look like a grade school dance recital. I'm scared of your grade school. <laughs> Not all of them. I I can attest to that. I was I was in dance when I was a child, and the outfits, yeah, the dances. Okay, uh, yeah. At least the filler ones where there were no main characters in them. Every time they flashed up, that's the vibes I got. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my sister stopped doing dance when I was like six, and even before that, I went to one dance recital, and then my grandpa. Um, my grandpa was like, I don't like going to these either, so like, I'm going to babysit Connor every time she has one. <laughs> there was one, I don't remember which song they were doing, but the one where they were all wearing the, like, what's Mr. Garrison's boyfriend's name? Um, Mr. Mr. Slade. Slade. You, know the, you know the costume he wears with the leather hat and the vest? The fetish wear, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well less fetishy i don't know there was one my brother was in a in a thing once where they played the song was leader of the pack and then he rode out on like a one of those little tykes like motorcycles and uh the costumes were that at one point okay speaking of the performances we get a performance of diamonds are a girl's best friend which gave me moulin rouge vibes which scared me do you think that this is better or worse than Moulin Rouge? We'll get to that. Uh, it's, no, it's not, it's worse, but I enjoy it more because I enjoy the campiness of it. And the cinematography isn't actively trying to make me vomit. I, I, I don't know. Costumes. I think that there were so many times, I mean, it got better as it went on, but for the first like 20 or 30 minutes of this movie, the movements of the camera were making me, like, seasick. That's me with How Moulin fast Rouge. and shaky it was. While she's waitressing, Christina starts to learn all of the dance moves so she can get up there someday. We get introduced to the money man villain of the movie, Marcus Gerber. Who's not Piers Morgan. And surprisingly, not, like, heir to the Gerber baby food fortune or something. <laughs> I just read that and put the name together. Like, that would have been a much better twist, but he's he's a land guy. Just like a, just like a lukewarm villain who's not even all the way a villain. <laughs> His motivation is just like build more. There really were no strong villains in this. There really aren't any strong characters besides Stanley Tucci. I mean, that's besides... <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, like, I felt, I felt like because most of the characters were pretty one-dimensional... But you would have someone who is like a one-dimensional villain, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I Instead, felt like they were setting him up to be that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But he was just like, hey, it's just, it's just business. Yeah. <laughs> I just, mm, the ex-husband, you know? too. I thought the ex-husband was going to be a whole thing. And then he was just there. He's frazzled great. a couple of times. <laughs> he was less than nice. just there. Yeah. He was just nothing. It's it's two million now, please. Two million. Yeah. We need Can it. Can I also add that he kind of has like that um lead character in a nineties movie vibe? Like yeah. I could picture him in a very that. like big blazer. He had the hair still. Mm-hmm. He never so fully evolved with the rest of us. <laughs> so Nikki has a solo that becomes a duet because she came in late. And the two, sucks. the two are fighting for attention, and it's really dumb, but I laughed the whole time. <laughs> Julianne Huff plays that character, the yes. one opposite, right? And Her I name's like the, Georgia, that the pregnant chick. Yes. Yeah, I really thought that was Christina Aguilera at first. I was like, what? They couldn't hire another actor. She's playing two I... <laughs> characters. Uh, I really thought so, and then they look alike. 
They that do. would have been good. I would have been more into this if it was just like, oh shit, she's putting on another wig. If it was just like Christine Aguilera's version of Austin Powers. Yeah. That also reminds me because Cher, didn't Cher have that show where she played every character? She did a one-person show of West Side Story. That's yes. it. That's she played it. every character. That's not real. What? It is. It's 100% real. real. I just found out about it recently. <laughs> so did I. What if Burlesque was just Christina Aguilera in every role? I'd love I, it. I would have been more into it. It probably would be infinitely more watchable just because it would be a train wreck. Oh. Because every character would start all of their lines with the Christina Aguilera. <laughs> yeah, her voice is like really nothing well. else. Uh, and I will say that uh, last of this movie was really, really terrible. Uh, her voice is out of this world, obviously. Yeah, that, that's like a disclaimer we have to put in yeah. the beginning. She sing good. I mean, I know you're approaching this probably, but I was, I knew that moment was going to come, right? Where like she shows off her voice. Mm. I didn't know where, and I was expecting something I mean, it was still cheesy, don't get me wrong, but, like, something way cheesier and way less yeah. realistic. Right. And I thought they kind of did that pretty well. Because that's, like, a that's a pretty reasonable, like, mean girl thing to do, turn off the sound. Yeah. So, it worked, I thought. It is I'm weird to be that <laughs> It is weird that they're, like, pre-recorded and lip-syncing the whole time, but they make a big deal about showing the live band. Yeah, what the fuck do you even have a band for up to that like, point? I guess the band is for interludes and uh, Alan Cummings' performance, because there's no way he was lip-syncing to that. There's there's another montage of Christina Aguilera learning about burlesque, and it's cut short by Nikki singing the best song in the entire movie, uh, one that can only be described as, my dentist is so tall, I just want to fuck him. Yeah. Like, they're all in dentist outfits. There's a big dentist chair that rises and lowers. This was a this was a time that I checked the time. Uh, and I thought that both this movie and this song were going to just keep going on forever. <laughs> I loved it. Um, <laughs> there's someone on Twitter, Jenny Nicholson, was actually watching this at the same time I was for this podcast. And when the Sexy Dentist song came up, she tweeted... Share be like food two hundred dollars rent eight hundred dollars antique dentist chair which appears in this single sexy dentist comedy <laughs> musical number Kristen Bell puts on once a month thirty six thousand dollars costumes one hundred fifty dollars someone who is good at the economy please help me budget my burlesque club is dying <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean you could see why she was uh, she was going under yeah <laughs> some of these purchases but there always seemed to be a crowd there. Like, it was yeah. never fully empty, so I think it's kind of just on Tess not being good with money. Yeah, also, like, there's not that many... Everything is, like, a cabaret table, so there's not that many True. seats in there. I imagine if you're not full, it's really terrible. Mm-hmm. Also, it's imaginary, but... This is the first time we find out Marcus wants to buy the club for a million dollars, but Tess says no because she cares about it. Um, Nikki's a drunk, and Tess trying to stop it there's just more stanley tucci this is the first time christine aguilera is like hey maybe instead of lip syncing we should sing how about that and tess is like no no that's not burlesque it's not how it works which it's true i do think it is a predominantly lip synced thing from the one that i saw i mean when you're in like real life there is like a, a dancers and a singers and those can be two separate things. And if you're hiring for an adult dance recital, then you would probably want just the dancers. Um, so I like, they didn't go that route though. They didn't go, Oh, nobody can sing. We only hire dancers. And then Christina was like, I want to put on a singing show. And then they were like, let's get some singers and we'll turn this around, which is where I thought we were headed. Uh, and instead it was just everyone could sing, but Cher was like, no. Singing's my thing. Yeah. Is she... She... Okay. So, Cher. Um, obviously, she's a whole thing. She's very, very good. We know that. Um, I think that every time she sings in this movie, she sounds like she's doing a Shakira impression. 
that's just old Cher, Cher. did it first. Yeah, that's just Cher's voice. <laughs> but as there's she got a older. difference between the Cher voice and the like. With the, what's the Zootopia song, and like <laughs> the one from the World Cup. You know, there's a difference in that vocal quality. I think it's just Cher singing modern music. Like sounds Fair. like that. Mm. That's possible. Good call. Good call. Can I say one? Sorry about Cher. You don't have to ask. You're good. This is, I'm working on it. Um, <clears throat> Cher is surprisingly a very good actor. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that she would be similar to Christina Aguilera in her acting ability, but she's pretty good. Yeah, she did more of it. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, she uh, had acted before this. This is yeah. like Christina Aguilera's first big. Yeah. A lot of the movies were insane, but like she was good in them. You know, the one with the guy with the head thing. Mamma Mia? <laughs> no. <laughs> you mean Mamma Mia, here we go again. No, there's the one with the guy Mask. and he's dating the girl who can't see. It's, and... Isn't it called Mask? It's like the kid with like the huge facial deformity. Yeah. Cher's in that, isn't she? I think so. I don't know. I get sh- When it comes to acting stuff, I get Cher and Madonna confused. Just, like, of who's been in what movie. Because one of them's in Dick Tracy, but I think that's Madonna. I believe you. Anyway, uh, Christina Aguilera's apartment gets broken into, and she's a scared, so she goes to live with Jack, whose fiancé is in New York doing a play. And we hate her. Uh, so the sign on that building said hotel, I think. Regency yeah. Hotel? Oh, yeah. So I think just... because she moved in fast, she moved into this hotel and then was planning to get a place and then didn't end up having to. Mm. Still right. got broken okay. into. Yeah, they stole all her toilet money. I forgot yeah, about that. That's right. She did put a bunch of cash in a Ziploc bag and put it in the toilet tank. It's one of the first two things she does when she arrives. She goes in, she puts her money in the toilet, and then she gets a postcard that she's purchased of the front of this hotel, circles her room on it, writes presumably a postcard to somebody, and then rips it into a million pieces and throws it out the window. I guess it's to the co-worker at Dwight's bar who was cool. But not cool enough. Because I don't know... Because she... In this scene, she's like, My mom died when I was seven, and my dad wasn't around, and I have no siblings. I have nobody. So, like, I guess it's, like, the co-worker who was like, I'll take your shift. Go to Hollywood. Or was it her... <laughs> or was it her mom? Oh, uh, it's like... Oh, that's That's fair. possible. Because you wouldn't really need to mail that postcard. No, it's like almost like cremating the postcard. (laughs) (laughs) Jack, we find out, is a composer of piano pieces, and he's writing one great song that we're not going to hear until the end of the movie, but like, mm, it's never quite finished. Uh, I personally don't think it's ever finished. (laughs) Christina Aguilera does literally one of those sitcom pratfalls where they fall completely over and get up real quick like, I'm alright, I'm alright. And I was like, oh, this is what we're doing, okay. This is kind of the point where I, like, turned everything off and I was like, this is gonna be dumb and I'm gonna enjoy myself. (laughs) You mean when she finds out that her name is Jack, right? Mm Mm-hmm. When Jack is straight? Yeah. Okay. I, I also, why... There was so much surrounding of like, oh, we think we think Jack is gay. And I I don't think they did the legwork to make you question it because he was just a guy you met. It's like if she just walked into a bar and met somebody and then he said, hello, where are you from? And she said, I'm from here. And he said that. And then later she went to his house and he was like, oh, my fiance is going to be home later. She's like, what? I thought you were gay because you said you were from Iowa. She does the make a point eyeliner. to talk about yeah, the eyeliner thing. Ah, uh, okay. I also I, guess. I also think that's maybe why they cast Alan Cumming. To like be like, oh hey, the only other guy who works like in the front that you've seen working here is a famously gay actor. Maybe everyone is. 
I think a so lot what you're saying of... is Alan Cummings should have played this part. I don't know yes. about that one. I think it would have been more interesting. It uh, would have, but it would... I don't know. I can't picture Christina Aguilera like <laughs> falling in love head over heels for Alan Cumming. No offense to Alan Cumming. <laughs> There's I'm probably go also out... a weird age gap there. I'm going to go out on a limb and say a lot of these plot points were discussed once. Yeah, this and is like, a first draft. Cool. <laughs> was was this like? I, I think that there's also probably some. This was like a pet project for Christina or Cher. One or of both. them probably. Because this was a movie built to showcase them. Mm-hmm. Similar to Mariah Carey's Glitter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Oof. But I have not seen that one. <laughs> um, I haven't either. I but I've about heard about it. it. <laughs> I've seen bits and pieces and just hoof. When this first started, I was like, is this, is this the one with the girl from Saved by the Bell and the pool scene? And then, no, that's Showgirls. Yeah, this is kind of like, just like PG-13 dunked with hand sanitizer Showgirls, though. Why is it PG-13? Not as like a skeevy thing, but as like a why, if you're making this movie, do you not want to come at it that way? Yeah. That's that's what I was thinking. That's what they say in the first episode of How Did This Get Made? That's like their big point. So I didn't want to oh. step on any toes. But like it is a good point. It's been point. a while since I've seen that one. <laughs> it is a good point. Like it's definitely this is kind of something that like if you want to make this a drama about a burlesque club, PG-13 is a weird way to go. I guess right. it's to reach the broadest audience of Christine Aguilera fans. Anyway, uh, George is pregnant, so they need to do auditions, and Allie auditions and gets it. Wow. I I hated that. I didn't care. You knew it was going to happen. I know, but she, like, forced her way on there and then yelled at Cher. Cher said the first smart thing of the movie during that, I thought, also. Because Christina was, like, on stage, like, stomping her feet about, like, why won't you listen to me? And she was like, don't, you don't just get to, like, do that, you know? Mm. Like, you want to be there, show me. Show me something that somebody else isn't showing me. I did think while watching it when she just popped up there and was like, I'd like to audition. And I was like, you didn't submit a resume, you didn't submit a headshot, like, this this doesn't bode well for you. <laughs> Maybe I'm just being curmudgeon but... <laughs> Uh, Allie is apparently short te- for Alice, so Stanley Tucci, Stanley Tucci is like, well, welcome to Wonderland. <laughs> Made me laugh. There's a little gag where she shoots a confetti gun all over Tucci. It's funny. Uh, another montage of Allie, or Christine Aguilera, practicing all of her dance moves in public. A little strange. Everyone behind her isn't reacting, but I know I would be like, what's she doing? <laughs> We're, yeah. I guess we're just supposed to think it's L.A. I just wanted to see one guy duck. <laughs> right. Or just, like, stare at her as she's walking, like, this, that doesn't work with audio, never mind. <laughs> um, I did that earlier, too. <laughs> Connor did a dance. I did. listeners. <laughs> I, I moved my arms in, like, little circular fashions that aren't natural for walking. Uh, Tess loans Allie a makeup brush and helps her put on makeup because... Uh, she never had a mom to teach her how to do makeup. So they're bonding. They care about each other. Cher can be her mom. This is around the point where I was like, Christina Aguilera should be playing Nikki. Like, she should be the vindictive, angry villain, quote-unquote, diva and Kristen bell should be like the sweet innocent who just moved from iowa like i feel like that fits more for them respectively i agree but i have a point on this i feel like it's nice to give Kristen bell a different character because i feel like she's always that character Mm -hmm. one but two i i know that the they were really sticking to tropes here and like the farm girl from iowa has to be sweet um, which Christina Aguilera did not pull off. I think like they should have just like really bought into the personality where she was a diva. 
it was re- like I, I think you know like the whole getting what you want thing I don't think that paired well with like the sweet innocent girl from Iowa like just let her be that let her be the one who's like no I'm gonna come up here and sing and you're not gonna like it because that's my personality I'm a little obnoxious and I think that would have been great that's I would have liked her so much more yeah now that she has the job Jack is like hey Christina Aguilera maybe move out now because you're living in my house and it's weird and oh, somehow somehow this fight ends with Christina Aguilera stealing his bedroom. What? <laughs> I, like, what? Yeah. Just up and being like, look, I'll pay you this much rent. I'm not buying a car, but you are. I'm, I'm sleeping in your bedroom and you sleep on the couch. And he's just like, okay. She, he, yeah. She's living there for free. He's getting frustrated, reasonably so, because all her shit is all over his. And all he says is, I need you to chip in. And she's like, I'm taking everything over. (laughs) What? Taking the closet and the bedroom. (laughs) This is my house now, understand? It's uh, it's because he wasn't Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming wouldn't have stood for that. It's true. He would have fought back big time. Would have been very flugly. Right after this, we find out that Tess can't pay the two mortgages. They have to somehow get all the money together to save the theater. And this is when I realized, uh, last week, Jade almost gave us another movie that has the exact same plot as this movie, in which a group of old performers uh, find out that their theater is run down and is about to be foreclosed upon or bought by a rich businessman until a young out-of-towner comes in with a supreme talent and helps them save the theater. What I just described was The Muppets 2011. Ah. <laughs> Remember how earlier in the week I said I had a groan-worthy take on this, Luke? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> but The Muppets was, like, a good movie. Yeah, I know, but they're the same plot. <sighs> sort of. If you boil it down if to those, you take away the like if you boil it down the to the brothers if you boil it down to the bare minimum then that's what it is <laughs> for a second i thought you were describing the country bears i mean yeah i suppose kind that's of. the thing is like so much of this movie is just like tropes yeah save the theater is a huge trope especially in like family stuff maybe that's why i yeah. got pg-13 because there's no such thing as an r-rated save the theater movie but why not I don't know, man. Good point. Save the theaters timely. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Whew. Sorry. <laughs> Save the theater and you're allowed to say fuck instead of freaking... Ugh. <laughs> I hate it. This is more of like a personal pet peeve, but like, what are you? who are you saving with that? You know, everybody knows at least one that they're always on like... Oh man, it's freaking, freaking, and I'm always on the freaking. Just say, just say fuck. It rolls off the tongue better. The MPAA is a strange bird, and no one knows exactly how they work. Um, Nikki gets replaced by Christina Aguilera, and so Nikki sabotages her by cutting the music, but surprise, Christina Aguilera can sing. And now everybody sings. And the show's all live because it's such a big hit. Yeah. And And then you find out that Christina, not Christina, Cher is writing a new show every day. Yeah. Or at least that's what it seems like. She's definitely ready to retool the show in one day to make it completely based around Christina Aguilera. And we find out that early in the movie... A bunch of the burlesque girls went out for pizza, but they didn't invite poor Christina Aguilera because she was new. But now she gets invited for pizza and everything's wonderful. I hate that part. I hate <laughs> that. That's that's sending such a bad message. It's like, yeah. prove your worth. At the same time, I don't think any teenager who doesn't like already adore Christina Aguilera is watching this. I think this is all oh, for true. people who just want to see Cher. I also don't think any of them were eating pizza. Oh, definitely not. 
probably one of my favorite things is somehow wigs come up in conversation and completely bald Stanley Tucci deadpans. I'm wearing a wig right now. <laughs> that was a good line. I and that's a good joke. That. I liked that joke. That's what made me think Stanley Tucci didn't have a script. Mm. They just went talk and he was like, I got this. They just put him in situations. Incredible. So Marcus comes back and is now offering two million and Tess says no. Which is making Vince all scared and squirrely. And Marcus decides to drive Christine Aguilar home, but first stopping at his own party to make an appearance. His own party at his house, which he shares with Bojack Horseman. It is very much the Bojack (laughs) Horseman house. Wow, yeah. yeah. It really Uh, is. Which is heightened by the fact that in the next scene or a couple of scenes later, they put Christina Aguilera in the Sarah Lynn dress. Oh, the hand the one? one? The one with the hands, yeah. I didn't connect that. That's the costume I tried to reference. And I, yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> I fucked up, sorry. <laughs> no, you're, you're good. You're good. Uh, this hands, is one... leotard. This is when we're introduced to the very incredibly important and not just thrown away plot point of air rights. The rights to the air above buildings. Marcus owns a bunch of them so he can have a nice view of the city. And they are a thing. They are a real thing. I literally, my note says, is this a thing? Oh, it is. That's weird. That kind of felt like he's not a bad guy here in that story. Unless I misheard that story. I think the only bad guy is supposed to really be Nikki. And even she just can't be effective. (laughs) It's weird. Um, We find out that Stanley Tucci's nickname for Christine Aguilera is Alley Cat. And for Nikki, it's just slut. (laughs) Ooh, got him! Um, That one was rough. Marcus gets Allie the gift of kind of ugly looking shoes. I didn't like the shoes. So Jack very two is... thousands though. True. And so Jack is very jealous because he's falling in love, even though he has his invisible fiance. Uh, right after this we get Tess getting the final notice of her overdue payments for the mortgage. And intercut with this is Alan Cummings' burlesque number, where it's two women are just doing dances around him, and then he stops in a compromising position, looks at the audience, and just says something. It's like, I caramba, guten tag, and then at one point he stops like inches from an ass and just goes, hello. It's weird. No one knows what it's there for. (laughs) <laughs> they just went we need alan to do something i guess okay, so it's two I, ladies i don't know much about burlesque vaudeville like um but what it seemed to me was like that kind of number was the closest to the comedy in- absolutely yeah that was the closest to like a old vaudeville burlesque thing it was. It just, it felt like it didn't belong in this movie. Exactly. No. Yeah. Just nope. like Alan Cumming. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, man. I hope he got paid well for this. <laughs> uh, Christine Aguilera is introduced by an agent, by Marcus. Uh-oh. That's not good. And so Cher sings a big, sad song that won her the Golden Globe. It's a good song. So, I have a question about the producer, or the agent. Uh, didn't he say he worked with Etta James? Yeah. Does that timeline match up? Probably not. He didn't um, look that old. Yeah. Maybe he worked with... definitely doesn't. Maybe he worked okay. with Etta James at a later point in her life? He was older than most of the characters. So I think they were trying to push it that way. But still, like... That's many years. Yeah, it's weird. Um, Nikki gets in a fight. They should have said it in the 70s. This might have worked better if they said it in the 70s. And, like, they can just set it in the 70s because no one uses a cell phone ever. 
they they once i saw it once okay because yeah. i was confused um <laughs> Um, Nikki and Tess get in an argument because Nikki is drunk and continually putting Christina Aguilera in. And apparently they built the club together, according to Nikki. Interesting information. Kind of just thrown (laughs) out there. Only time you'll hear about it. Uh, Two of my favorite lines in this argument are Nikki screams, I will not be upstaged by some slut with mutant lungs. (laughs) And Tess responds with, I have bigger things to worry about than you pouring tequila on your Cheerios. I did like that. Those are just uh, just two great lines in the rest of the movie. is just like, yeah. Uh, I think Nick- Cher and Stanley Tucci had the best lines. They did. Uh, and the, the, that's, what, that's the scene with the tire iron, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, they... There's... There's a whole bunch. Drunk Nikki quits and gets in her car and threatens to drive away. And Tess uses a tire iron to, like, smash her window. Um, Very Nick- good. Nikki says that she slept with scene. Vince after their honeymoon. Which we find out at the end. No, she didn't. She was just angry. I thought this was setting up Nikki to die. Yeah! Because she was drunk driving after an argument. But, like, she's fine. Yeah, I thought she was going to drive, like, like a comically fast car crash. Like, right out of the gate. Yeah, I thought okay. she was going to... I thought she was going to leave the parking lot and immediately get T-boned by a bus or something. I didn't think that. <laughs> Unless it was, like, a Mean Girls type of thing. You know, True. where she gets hit by the bus. Uh, but I did think that drunk Nikki was going to make a bigger splash later. Mm. Like, my revenge. Didn't... I know. Uh... We go to George's wedding. Jack is drunk. There's a, a DJ who's looking at either Stanley Tucci or some other girl. Stanley Tucci says something about him being cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, which, like... Felt racist. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> Jack and Natalie, his fiance, have broken up. So now Jack and Christina Aguilera are doing, like, will-they-won't-they they stuff. Jack has just a whole thing about putting a box of famous Amos cookies over his crotch. Yeah, but like not in front of his famous anus, in front of his balls. (laughs) All right. I'll be here all week. All right. (laughs) No, yeah, but we do see Jack's full ass. (laughs) I was not expecting that. I really didn't think they'd show that. I was not either. This was another funny PG-13 moment because he comes out and he dances around naked with the cookies, but if he's going to put the cookies down, he's got to go back and get his underwear because this movie's not rated R. Mm. So he comes back out with his underwear on to fuck Christina Aguilera. And they do, but it's a PG-13 describe it with a song fuck. Mm. Where they like start to fall in bed, a song plays, and it's the next morning. Uh, we And the next morning... no come what may from moulin rouge okay the next morning we find out that uh jack won a nashville teen songwriting contest and that's why he's in la because he's like i should have done something with that and then natalie jack's fiance comes in and it's diana agron from glee it's Quinn. yes okay so it was yeah it's i she's playing a high schooler at the same time she's engaged to this full-blown man in this movie yeah so i guess like that's where we remember oh shit they were so much older than they were supposed to be there yeah it was just a weird like her showing up i was very just taken aback like that's not who i expected um (laughs) she's understandably mad that an engagement was ended quickly and drunk drunkenly over the phone and then there's another girl who's been living there yeah they play this out like we are supposed to be on jack's side and it's the whole movie it's every single character is on board with this hit job stanley tucci is probably the worst at it just constantly like you're gonna miss your shot if you don't break up with your fiance asshole and then 
we don't even meet her. Like, we don't know anything about this woman. She's engaged. She's left to go do a job in New York that got extended for a couple of months. And then she comes back and this is happening. It's yeah. Well, so I thought it was interesting that apparently she did know that Christina was living there because one of her comments was like, you said it was nothing. So at least yeah. Oh, yeah, true. there was some communication on that level. But then again, my bar is really low for men. <laughs> no offense uh, Christina Aguilera leaves with Marcus which makes Jack sad and they visit Stanley Tucci's house where he's with the wedding DJ from George's wedding and they don't know each other's names but Christina Aguilera is like maybe you guys should fall in love or something he's like okay it was the best relationship in the movie yeah was the most fun I had with a relationship. And we find out at Marcus's house that, oh no, he's planning on building another skyscraper over top of the club. What a shock. But thankfully, Christina Aguilera pays attention when guys talk at parties. <laughs> and she realizes, hey, we can sell the air rights to, a, to above the theater to the skyscraper across the street. And the guy in charge of that is played by James Brolin, which is just weird. Weird cameo. More tropes, just like the businessman on the phone. Yeah. Another place that they just storm right in. But (laughs) for this to be like the one big overarching problem throughout the entire movie, it gets solved in half a second. It had to. They were down to the wire. I just felt like there would be a kind of a bigger finale, and instead it's just like, so, um, air rights. People are going to be looking at windows, and he's like, oh, shit, you're right. Here's, like, however much. I was not expecting that. It really was, like, like we were running out of time left in it. Because it got to a certain point in this movie, and it was like, all right, well, there's no villains, and everything is kind of resolved, and Christina works at the club, and now her and Jack are together, and, like, what are we doing here? Where is this going? Nowhere. Nikki yeah, comes nowhere back. She never slept with Vince. She's rehired. Jack and Christina Aguilera are together. They sing a fun final song, and that's it. Is it a fun final song? I don't. I, I don't remember was it. Mad. <laughs> I don't remember I it, but I wrote it was fun. So this whole movie jack is working on this song we are first introduced to him he plays six notes on the piano christina aguilera is like oh my god and then he's just working he's he's really working hard at this the whole time this is his masterpiece and then the song is like oh man did i write it down it's like it's another one with burlesque in the title it's another one that's it's like what's up at the burlesque and that is his masterpiece it's like rent where the entire show, Roger's like, I'm writing one great song, and then one song, Glory, happens, and you're like, ow. Oh. Except one song, Glory, was good. But it's still underwhelming. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was. it was very one-dimensional of him. It's like, you'd think he'd write a, a, his masterpiece be a song that's different from his job. It's all he knows. It felt like, it felt like, uh, like a song that would happen as a cut scene at the end of a PS2 video game in like 2005. Mm. Take your word for it. (laughs) That's how it ends. And that was burlesque. And now we move on to our criteria where we compare it and see if it's better or worse than the pacifier. First off, uh, how's the soundtrack? I mean, solid. Yeah, I liked it. I was disappointed. Um, There are, like, strong contenders. Cher does some really cool stuff. Christina Aguilera does some cool stuff. But, like, overall, I thought that it was underwhelming. And I thought there were weird, jarring cuts. I had a lot of the same issues with the music in this movie that I had with uh, Greatest Showman. In that there were times where the style of music just just jarringly did not fit. Like the scene where they left the car, the club and Christina is in the car with 
bad money Bojack guy, and they turn and on the radio. it's trees. It's animal. And it's fucking out of nowhere. It just, it <laughs> like, set it firmly in 2010, and that's what made me love the soundtrack, because I love that oh song. Oh my god. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I got really excited. I was hoping yeah, it's a good longer. song. I just, like, my jaw dropped about it. I also just haven't heard that song in ages, so, like... Same. Um, it didn't fit, you're right. It didn't, but, like, I was happy to see it. <laughs> uh, uh, I just hated it. <laughs> you guys are allowed to not hate it. <laughs> Uh, next up, where does the main actor land on the dieselometer scale of performance, charisma? Christina Aguilar didn't do well as an actress. I, um, I can't think of a Vin Diesel performance I didn't like as much as this. Well, Luke's usually good was, at this part. <laughs> I thought it was funny that um, when Jade last episode, I don't know whether she was talking about that movie or when she was bringing up this one, she talked about... Um, the how, how Vin Diesel got started, um, uh, and like I, I'll I'll rehash it short because new people might be listening and Allie's here and stuff. Uh, but Vin Diesel and I don't know whether it was his brother or his cousin were like in this theater and they were like vandalizing it. They were like in there. They were there to stir up shit. And the guy that found him, who was in charge of that theater put them in the show that was going on then uh, to be like, let me steer them a different way and give them another shot. Uh, and that's how Vin Diesel got started. Uh, so I think this firmly sits there because it's exactly the way that Christina behaves and it works. Like she just shows up and is doing all the wrong shit and is just deciding to be places. And everyone's like, yeah, let's give it to her. And then she wins. She wins theater. Uh, <laughs> So that's where Congratulations, Miss <laughs> Aguilera. You won theater. <laughs> All right. I I can see where you're going with that one. Uh next up, did I like it as a kid or would I or would have would I have liked it as a kid? <laughs> My brain completely disconnected there. Um for me it would have seemed too grown up, so I probably wouldn't have dug it. Oh, I would have loved it. <laughs> I would have, oh, that'd be my dream as a kid. I always wanted to be an actor and see how that worked out. Um, I, so like, I don't know if I would have been like full on into the movie, but there was definitely a space of time where like I was a child and I was like turning into not a child anymore. It's called being a teenager. And I was like. Yeah, and I was, like, exploring different things on the TV, and there was a space of time where I for sure used to think that, like, music videos had different rules about what could be on TV, if you catch my drift. Uh, so, like, <laughs> I think that there is definitely a chance that, I, while I may not have been into the movie, uh, there would have been some things that very much caught my attention as a young boy. That's the grossest way you could have said it trying yeah, not to be agree. gross i would agree what is this <laughs> podcast rated um there's a there's a parental you can either put it as clean or explicit and we usually put it explicit okay okay so your dick would have liked it <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't gonna say it that way i was trying to dance around it well as connor said that made it way worse <laughs> just answer your question sir would your dick have liked it <laughs> i suppose <laughs> Next up, what has the director gone on to do? Uh, this is Stephen Anton. This is the only movie he's directed, but he was an actor before this. He was uh, Troy in The Goonies, one of the jock villains, and he was the titular Jesse in the Jesse's Girl music video. Yeah. Neat trivia, I think. Uh, yeah, cool. Was there anything as memorable as the Peter Panda dance for either no. of you? Maybe the tire iron smashing the window of the car. Okay. That's all right. I put uh, <laughs> I put Nikki's "My Dentist Is So Tall," so I just got a fuck him song. Good one. I would agree with you. <laughs> Who is the Brad Garrett slash Carol Kane, just weird side character who is always entertaining to see? For me, it was a tie between Stanley Tucci and Alan Cumming. 
but like I think Alan Cumming gets the edge for his musical number. Alan Cumming, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I I thought about Stanley Tucci, but I think that he crossed over that edge into like main character more for me. Mm-hmm. So I went with Alan Cumming, maybe a little of Marcus, mostly Alan Cumming. I. I was kind of considering before the movie ended and he didn't really do anything else besides the one scene, uh, we get a little bit of trying to make Dave the sound guy a thing. But then Dave the sound guy doesn't show up for the second half of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, is there anything as batshit insane as the Sound of Music subplot from The Pacifier? Which, in case you don't remember, uh, in the film, they discover that Seth the boy that Vin Diesel is nannying, basically, uh, has bleached his hair and has a Nazi armband. So everyone in the school believes that he is a Nazi. Vin Diesel follows him, meets up with two other boys who seem to be Nazis, and we find out he's just playing Rolf in a community theater production of The Sound of Music. It's one scene, it's insane, and I love it. (laughs) I just put air rights being a plot point. Yep. Is insane. I also had air rights. Who cares about air rights? What the fuck? <laughs> this whole movie was solved with a weird business lesson. <laughs> I I have nothing stronger than that to add. So. <laughs> and last but not least, how would you rank this film? Uh, what out of what one. again? Apologies. Just out of whatever. <laughs> it's usually just bullshit. I give it a pearl diaper and a half a bowler hat, and it's not better than the pacifier. Uh, I give it three canes. Um, I give it four Christina Aguilera riffs out of ten. It's not as good, but I got not. I got close to enjoying it on the same level, like same. very close. That is our discussion on burlesque and now our guest Allie is going to give us clues for next week's movie it's the coming attractions game okay so this is going to be an obscure one one fact so I'll, I'll get other ones closer but the reason i want to pick this is because burlesque dialogue i hate it okay i gotta say that i hated it <laughs> um and there's a movie whose screenwriting dialogue I absolutely love, I'm obsessed with. And I almost had a heart attack when I found out the screenwriter for this movie, it revised the script of Burlesque. And I was like, are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was so upset. I, I was like legitimately upset. But I found out more about her career and like she kind of had to make it work. Oh, I know who you're talking about. No way, really? I just skimmed down on the Wikipedia page to see if I could see it, but I do remember reading this factoid, and yeah. Okay, do I need more hints then? Well, I mean, Uh, is it... She's done more than one movie, but uh, is it, like, the movie she's big for? I believe so. Um, can I have a hint? Yeah. Um, I gotta try it. Is there, uh, does this film involve a hamburger phone? Yes, it does. Okay. Is this Juno? Yes, sir. Oh, man, I love Juno. I do too. It's my, literally my favorite <laughs> movie. So you nice. better do it justice. All right, well, <laughs> tune in. I next... met Michael Sarah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, tune in next week for Juno with our guest. Allie, do you have anything you want to, like, Oh, yeah, plug? do you want to plug anything, or? Oh, um, I am a graphic designer, and I do really boring design stuff right now for, like, restaurants and, uh, some app design for my internship. It's actually pretty cool, but, uh, I'd love to do design for music if anyone needs that. So if you're a musician and you need design work, hit me up. My website is, is that okay to say? Yeah, yeah. My website we'll is. We'll drop uh, your website and stuff. Yeah, a k s e v a r e i d. My complicated last name. Dot com. So yeah. Thanks. <laughs> All right. 
Well, thank you for being on. This was a lot of fun. It was very fun. Thank you, okay. guys. And we'll see you next week for Juno. And for a No Highway Option, I've been Connor. And I've been Luke. Mally. And as always, these have been our opinions. And if you didn't like them, that's too bad because it's our way. No Highway No option. Highway Option. I wasn't supposed to say my name, was I? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> Judging by your reaction. The rules are fuzzy. It's never really been clear. Some people do, some people don't. The theme music for No Highway Option is the song Welcome to the Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed by using the Creative Commons Attribution License. To find this song and more songs like it, or to read the full license for yourself, you can follow the links in our show description. No Highway Option was created by and starring Connor and Luke, and produced by Connor.